You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode being brought to you by Stat Hero, the first ever daily sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Today is Friday, June 11th, and it is another Gonzaga five-star Friday, and we have no time to waste. Matt Santangelo is joining the show today, and we talk for basically half an hour on all things HoopFest and Gonzaga. It is a really, really, really good interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll come back on Monday, and I will break down all the other news that's been going on the last couple of days. Uh, But before we get to Matt Santangelo, today's episode of Locked on Zags is being sponsored by Stat Hero. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? And is that really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Stat Hero gives you multi day fantasy, and survivor contests for all sports all year long. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Today's episode also being brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. If you're not sure which flavor you want, you could try a mixed box with multiple flavors. All of Built Bar's flavors are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy, too. They are great for the health-conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. As promised, because it's 5 Star Friday, we've got a 5 Star guest. Gonzaga great and executive director of HoopFest, Matt Santangelo, joins the show. And Matt, there is a whole lot going on right now with both Gonzaga and with HoopFest. So before we get into everything, just how about a wellness check? How are you doing? <laughs> well, my back hurts. Thank you for asking. I don't get enough <laughs> attention on this. I think it's the SI uh, joint or something is flaring up. No, everything's good. Like we're finally kind of, there is a, a sense of normalcy. I realize it's not completely back yet, but you know, the fact that we are planning and looking forward to HoopFest in September, registration's open. Uh, you know, we just had a nice, uh, kind of a nice win recently here with the city of Spokane that they made the proclamation that we are in fact Hooptown USA, which allows us to do a lot of kind of fun and interesting things, um, 
from a city kind of city branding perspective, which I think is pretty unique. I mean, how many other people get to, to, to brand a city? Um, and so there's a lot of excitement, even though uh, clearly we're coming out of a pretty, pretty challenging time for all of us, um, but especially basketball in the state of Washington. Let's talk a little bit more about HoopFest. You just mentioned that it's going to be in September. Obviously, last year, the pandemic canceled the traditional version of HoopFest. So tell us what the exact dates are this year and just talk about uh, what you guys or I guess how you guys have been handling the last 18 months or so. Yeah, so uh, thank you for that. So we have moved to September 11th and 12th. For those that are familiar with HoopFest, uh, it's always the last week into June, which would this would be our month. Uh, but with the idea that we wanted to give us the greatest chance to be able to hold a physical in-person event this year, uh, we moved it further out uh, in the calendar year. And we did that a long time ago, about the first of the year. So September 11th and 12th, registration is open right now. Uh, and we'll run guarantee our guaranteed registration deadline is the middle of July. Um, and then we'll run it as a space available. So we're, you know, with the latest kind of statement by the governor with this kind of June 30th date looming all over us or over all of us regarding, uh, you know, kind of reopening the state, um, that bodes well for HoopFest in September, uh, with really kind of limited restrictions. So that remains to be seen for sure. Um, as I, I know we're going to receive more guidance from the state here in, the, in a couple of weeks, but either way, it's optimistic for what, you know, what will look like and feel like um, a truer version of HoopFest in September. Um, even though we know September comes with a lot of conflicts, you know, people are in school, fall sports, people aren't traveling as much, you know, because of school and fall sports. Um, however, if we're able to just hold an in-person event, that's a huge step for us. Uh, to really kind of, you know, see, we're kind of in March Madness mentality right now. It's like survive in advance. Just survive in advance 2021, get back to June in 2022, uh, and keep building this thing going forward. You just mentioned team registration opened up last week. How can people register, and what's the early interest been like after having a basically a year off? Yeah, so uh, SpokaneHoopFest.net is our website, and that's where you can register. For those of you that aren't maybe not as familiar with HoopFest, it is an amazing community basketball event. It's the largest three-on-three basketball tournament in the world, literally in the world. Um, it has been around uh, and it, and the largest for a long time. It actually predates Gonzaga basketball in the national scene. Uh, HoopFest started in 1990, and about the time uh, the team that I played on uh, was coming to national prominence, HoopFest was already the largest in the world at what it was doing and then has continued to kind of grow and shift and morph over these last two plus decades as Gonzaga has made their national rise to power. Um, and it's just awesome. It's for everyone, like every level. We have every age from incoming, well, we'll be third graders uh, in September of this year to, I mean, in 2019, we had a 78-year-old play. Every skill level, every, every kind of melting pot of humanity that you can imagine uh, shows up and enjoys HoopFest. So really encourage people to to come check it out. Uh, come check it out as an athlete. Come check it out as a volunteer. Um, but come check it out because if you love basketball, there's no way you don't fall in love with, with HoopFest if you lay your eyes on it. And the registration so far has been strong. Um, we look at it compared to obviously 2018, 2019 numbers with 2020 being the anomaly. Uh, and we are actually um, just a couple teams ahead of 2019 registration numbers. So trending really well. However, big caveat here, 
we do always start really slow. So we're, we're ahead of the game. Like all indications are positive. Um, however, we got a long ways to go. Um, and that's totally normal. Um, and we, we just encourage people, especially this year, because we don't exactly know what guidelines we'll be playing under in September to get registered early, you know, to get your squad together, um, you know, call your friends, call your family members, whoever your regular squad is. If you don't have a squad, check us out on Facebook at Spokane Hoop Fest. We have a free agent forum there that you can kind of get connected with players that, you know, depending on your skill level or age and gender, you can kind of get connected with like players and, and you know, just sign up because we need this. You know, our community needs it. We need it as, as kind of humans to kind of reconnect and get back outside and be active. And Hoop Fest is a beautiful way to do that. That's a perfect segue to what I was going to ask next. I mean, just on a larger scale, the importance of Hoop Fest for the city, because we've lost out on the men's and women's tournaments back in 2020. We lost out on Hoop Fest, obviously, last year. And we've already lost out on two different Bloomsdays. So, I mean, what is it going to mean? Just expand on what it's going to mean for the city to have this event back in September. Well, I think so just by way of, of kind of context. So every few years we contract with Gonzaga University School of Business to do our economic impact study. And our last economic impact study was done in 2018. And it was estimated that we generate anywhere between a 46 and $50 million economic impact each and every year. Wow. That's not, that's been a singular year. So it's a big, big number. I mean, we have people from all over the world that come to Spokane for Hoop Fest. 42 states represented and six countries represented in our registration in 2019. So this is, it's not lip service. This is a, I mean, this is a global event in our little, you know, our little part of the world. And so with that economic impact, it primarily impacts the hospitality industry in tourism dollars. It impacts hotels. It impacts restaurants and bars. Um, and it impacts, you know, tax generated dollars for the city of Spokane, the county of Spokane, uh, even the state of Washington. And so the economic impact is vast and pretty deep. Um, and so in addition to kind of the economic impact, these are industries and sectors that got hit the hardest. I mean, hotels and restaurants. I mean, they these are people who are our partners in the community, you know, our friends in the community. Um, and frankly, you know, we kind of took it as our responsibility. I remember talking with the, the team here in the office, my coworkers, and I said, it's kind of our responsibility to compete on behalf of, you know, all these businesses that got hit so hard because of the impact that we make. So, um, you know, for restaurants and hotels, tourism dollars, like this is huge. I mean, we're talking about Visit Spokane, our, our tourism bureau. We're talking about the sports commission here in Spokane, Spokane Sports. I mean, all these people benefit from our from that weekend, and all these people have been had a really really difficult year, just like we have. And so I, I, I use that good zag quality, and I say we got to compete, man. We got to grind. <laughs> we got to figure out a way to hold this event because we not only for our own sake, but for the broader community, and that's a that's a priority to us. We take that seriously, and we're and we're proud of the impact we get to make. So um, I appreciate the question because I think a lot of people think Hoop Fest just shows up on you know, ran a weekend in June and then disappears. They don't really understand the, that we're a small business to start with. We're a small nonprofit here in the state of Washington. We have all these other programs from Spokane AAU to Ignite Basketball, the Eastern Washington Elite, to the Fitz Camp, the Fitz Clinic, uh, you know, now the Hooptown USA Initiative. So we're here doing good things throughout the year and, and pretty significant things throughout the year. 
Um, but it's all kind of predicated on the, the ability to hold that event and create that really awesome experience that is Hoopfest. Before we finish up with Matt Santangelo, first a minute to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and both the NBA and NHL are in the midst of the playoffs, so it's the perfect time to get in on the fun, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the championship. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts use promo code Locked On. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears and talk a little bit about Gonzaga because. We are two months removed now from the national championship, so I think everybody's kind of had a chance to digest everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just what are your overarching thoughts when you look back on the season? Well, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a, a little bit, which people who know me may not agree with this statement, but I'm kind of positive at the end of the day. Like, I, I love this team. You know, I was a total fan uh, with this particular last year's group. I love their style of play. I was jealous as a former player, um, the way, the cohesiveness, the style of play, the passing, you know, the the crazy IQ uh, that this particular group had. Um, and so I enjoyed the journey. Like, I, I also have enough perspective and been close enough to Gonzaga basketball for long enough that I enjoy the journey. Like, I, it's not just about one singular accomplishment in a national championship that, that justifies or validates the season or invalidates a season. Like I'm not, I'm not a believer and I'm not in that camp of uh, thinking. So I enjoy, I mean, I really, really kind of became a fanboy this one and, and with good reason. Um, and frankly, Baylor kicked our butt. So there's no way, there's no two ways around that one. So yep. that's not, I mean, there's just, there's just no, and credit to Baylor. Like that was not a, that was a, a re, you know, somewhat of a reflection on GU, but and a few teams were going to win that game beside uh, beat Baylor that night. And they, literally kicked our butt so i think i think it adds fuel to the fire for future generations um it doesn't diminish how great that team was uh last year how much joy they gave the gonzaga community and Zag nation um and the great irony of gonzaga basketball you go through that i mean literally this kind of spiritual experience around gonzaga basketball last year and we're just as or more excited for next year because it just doesn't stop you know so i think that that part we really have to be you know, you got to take a step away and see the forest from the trees and be really, really grateful and really, really excited about what, you know, Gonzaga provides us each and every year. Not only does the basketball team not stop, but it seems like the last couple of weeks, the, just the news around the program hasn't stopped. So I want to talk about uh, first Mike Roth, because he came in as athletic director, I believe, while you were still in school. So yeah. just yeah. What, what can you say about his impact the last, you know, 25 plus years well, I just, you know, his humility. I think I think when we talk about Gonzaga and we talk about the culture, what it means to be a Zag, you know, Mike Roth epitomized that. And there's been several, you know, several characters and personalities throughout this run, a lot of them that kind of epitomize that. But he did it all with such great humility from behind the scenes um, and kind of was the, you know, the behind the, the wizard behind the curtain that helped orchestrate this great um, consistent run of excellence and consistent growth. And so you, you can't say enough, but none of us know exactly what he did. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just say, 
hey, he recruited, you know, Jalen Suggs. No, he didn't recruit Jalen Suggs. Hey, he got this new – well, he didn't really have to get new coaches because the coaches were – have been so consistent. Yet he was the one that kind of made all the pieces go together, really kind of leveraged the uh, – helped leverage the success of the athletic program, men's basketball, women's basketball, to really impact the university. But he did it all just his own way, you know, just kind of with that quiet humility behind the scenes, uh, moving the chess pieces around the board like any good coach does. Um and to, to kind of produce this this sustained excellence. So I think it's a it's a huge loss. What a great way to go out as athletic director, though, and like total Mike Roth fashion is that, you know, you're coming off this historic year. You're looking at a potentially another, you know, at least exciting year, if not historic year. And he just quietly says, my time, it's my time. Thank you for, you know, the opportunity. And, and I'm going to exit stage left. I think it's just it did it with such grace, which is what we've come to expect of any transition at GU because Tommy Lloyd just did it too um, with such just such grace in, in his transition and the handing off of that role to to Chris Staniford the next next generation of leadership there speaking of Tommy Lloyd uh, he is another character and another pillar of Gonzaga's success over the years obviously he's moving on to Arizona but I want to talk more about Stephen Gentry because yeah. everyone everyone talks about Tommy's recruiting obviously and he's been fantastic at it but I don't think people quite understand how massive of an impact he had on the X's and O's as a coach. How do you see Stephen Gentry filling that void? And that was, I think, Stephen, you know this stuff as well as anyone in, in Zag Nation. So I, I, I appreciate that perspective because that's what that's what I thought was the bigger loss uh, when Tommy Lloyd transitioned was the technical side of 100%. coaching. Absolutely. Um, and he was, I mean, he, Tommy's so dang dynamic, man. He could, you know, he's a great salesperson, obviously a great recruiter. Um, I think he was great in the player development side and kind of the, the at player psychology side. Um, he was just really multifaceted, which is why, you know, now he has this opportunity at Arizona. Uh, but he, I like to call him a tinkerer. Like he, he would look at a play or look at a set and he'd like to tinker. How do we get the? How do we move this person here? This person isn't as strong in this area. How do we get him out of that area? And so, you know, that flow of that offense is. Um, I think you know he was played a significant role in the architecture of of Gonzaga basketball. Um, uh, and so, Stephen Gentry. So transitioning to the to the new coach, I think he is actually stronger on that side, not than Tommy, but he he was a great fit because of his technical. Uh, approach to the game um, as all kind of rumors have it he was the architect behind Illinois jump you know everywhere he's gone he's moved the the proverbial ball forward and how these teams play the style of play the level of IQ that he's kind of imparting on these these athletes and allowing them to go out and execute so I think he's going to be a great fit in that role because he also likes to tinker he likes to he likes to try things, and he and he expects a certain level of player that can go out and then execute these things. And I think at Gonzaga, you're going to see him flourish because he's dealing with a level of IQ um, that maybe he hasn't dealt with yet in other universities, other you know other stops along the way, so that he can actually start to really get sophisticated and and have some fun. I'll say because the players are going to be able to pick it up and run with it. Um, and I think that's going to make an, a really nice mix. Um, and of course, he's a zag, and so that's the one thing you're always worried about when you see transition. Mike Roth, Tommy Lloyd, um, even losing some of the upperclassmen from last year, and and this now this mix of young athletes, young five stars that are coming in next year. Like, w at what point does the culture start to um, 
you know, have, you have question marks around what the culture is or cracks. Um, and so I think having Coach Gentry involved, who is a zag through and through, um, solidifies that foundation at the coaching staff level of what it means to be a GU, um, <clears throat> the history and context and perspective that then you can impart on those athletes coming in to keep that consistency, which has been, of course, a hallmark at GU for so many, so many years. Yeah, I'd like to expand on that because he gets to come in and coach what is a very interesting roster next year. Obviously, they've got <laughs> an insanely talented freshman class. They get an experienced transfer guard that's coming in. Drew Timmy's coming back. Nemhart's coming back. But the problem that I see, and you kind of just mentioned it, is that there are a lot of young and a lot of unproven pieces in this group fighting for playing time next year. So what are your kind of overall thoughts on the roster heading into next season? Well, I think we got spoiled with the, you know, the true one and done that we have, not taking away anything from Zach Collins and his his, his experience on campus, but with Jalen. Because Jalen didn't come in with the intention to lead the country in scoring. He came in with the intention of winning, you know, putting setting up GU to be a national championship contender and doing it from the point guard spot as a point guard, you know, as a, as a game manager, as a facilitator, as a scorer when I need to. Um, but he didn't come in having to take, you know, he wasn't Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State that was shooting X amount of times a game and, you know, and, and was, you know, really got caught up as a, as a primary scorer for their, his squad. I think next year's group is going to be really interesting to see, like, where does, how does Chet fit in? You know, is he going to come in and try to lead the country in scoring? Um, or is he going to come in and just be a piece on, the, on a really, really good basketball team? So to your point, unless Coach Gentry has more basketballs to hand out during the game, so more people, if maybe he gets like a, is there a JV squad run happening in the old kennel at the Martin Center so that more people can get more playing time? I mean, I think that's going to be, you know, Coach Few and, and the entire staff's challenge next year is finding minutes because not only this young, this young group, but she had great development from Julian Strother last year. Uh, who showed he could he could be a big time player in big time minutes, um, and then you got Dominic Harris who's been sitting there in the wings as well, um, and so you're going to have a nice mix of people. However, I will end that end that thought with this comment: It means something when an athlete chooses to come to Spokane, Washington, to go to attend Gonzaga University. You kind of know what you're getting. I always joke that yeah, these coaches do a great job recruiting, but there's a certain thing in these athletes' minds that Spokane. Gonzaga, what is now Hooptown, USA, it makes sense to these athletes. So they're not coming in here, you know, maybe saying, okay, you know, we're going to lead the country in scoring and, and it's going to be easy. And, and this, they're coming and saying, no, like we're coming into a, an established program. We want to be the group that is the first one to win that national championship. We're going to do what's necessary to win because winning above is, is, is paramount above all. And so there's a certain, you know, um, idea of what your role is going to be. So I think it's going to be challenging, but I also think these uh, these young athletes know exactly what they're coming to Spokane for, and that's to win as a team. And that means you, you do different things in your roles to make that happen. So um, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that because, you know, Spokane doesn't make sense to everyone. Um, and, and winners in Spokane don't make sense to everyone. You know, just there's you're, you're kind of you have some understanding of eyes wide open of what exactly you're committing to when you come here. And being a part of a great team is one of those commitments you make as a young athlete. All right. So every Friday on this program, I like to read Gonzaga stories from listeners. And you've you've been around this program in 
a variety of uh, of ways, right? As a player, as a broadcaster, as a fan. I mean, you kind of name it. So you can take this question in whatever way you want to take it. <laughs> okay. What does Gonzaga mean to you? Yep. So interesting, interesting, because you can take that in a lot of different ways. Um, one of the, I'll answer the question. I'll be rude here, Stephen. I'll answer the question with a question okay. because I think it, it kind of. Um, it kind of goes back to one like, what does it mean to be a Zag? You know, what is that that character quality that we all are attracted to, that we all are proud of, um, that really kind of represents us in a way. And I don't know, I don't know if I can say it succinctly, but there's something. What is Gonzaga? What is what does it mean to me? It's about making people around you uh, better. You know, it's about it's about putting other people's uh, needs, desires, uh, or just maybe needs is the right word. Um, just kind of above where you put your own, you know, and, and understanding that, uh, we all, anyone who claims to be a Zag or a part of this thing is a piece of something much larger than us. And I think the story that I'll, I'll share in, and people who've heard me on things like this before, have heard this story before I get a lot of, I'm, I've kind of moved into like dad joke land territory <laughs> Where like everyone who I work with is like start, just starts rolling their eyes when I start telling these stories because it's the same like you know ten stories kind of morphed a little bit for yeah. the situation, but uh, but this is my recruiting story. I was recruited out of high school by at the time head coach Dan Fitzgerald and assistant coach Mark Few, and so they're in my living room uh, at my parents' house in North Portland, and coach Coach Fitzgerald's talking and he goes he's like listen. He's like, no one's bigger than the program. No one. He said, but if I had a basketball, and he looked me in the eye when he said, he said, if I had a basketball, I would hand it to you and say, we're going to go where you're going to take us. And at the time, I, I, I bought that. I mean, as an adult, I realized he probably said that to every kid in every <laughs> living room he ever went into. Yeah. But I bought it. Like, hook, line, and sinker, you could yeah. not have said. Yeah, you could not have said. It could not resonate with my heart in a stronger way. Because no one's bigger than the program. In in my case, no, no one's bigger than your family. No one's bigger than individuals, bigger than your neighborhood. No one's bigger than the community. However, he was going to give me, you know, a responsibility and opportunity to steer where that group was going to go. And so to, to me, that's what Gonzaga is about. It's about, yes, you have a responsibility. You have accountability. Uh, you need to do what, you know, represent yourself in the best way. But you're just a piece. And the piece of this whole puzzle, just being a piece is really, really rewarding um, because it's so unique and so special. So, uh, you know, so it, obviously it means a lot to me or else I wouldn't be getting choked up about it. But it's a really tough question because it does, uh, you know, create a whole mix of emotions on how to articulate that because it is a really, really special place that gives of so much that we all get to be a part of and be proud of. Um, and take some ownership in, and then we also have, all have a responsibility to uh, because of that. It's not a not a one way street. It's we're contributing to that culture as much as we're taking uh, away from that culture. I appreciate the openness. That's a a very Jesuit way of thinking as well, which <laughs> which I love. All right, so before I let you go, you are in the podcast world now as well. Tell us what you're doing with uh, Bo Brock. Yeah, so Bo Brock. So this is a partnership. One of the things around this Hooptown USA initiative, and Stephen, you got to help us hype that up just in general, because this idea around this Hooptown USA initiative was to try to uh, 
articulate and connect what basketball means to our community. You know, obviously, a lot of times we spend talking about Gonzaga basketball. Um, you know, Hoop Fest is up there. Is a, you know, Gonzaga is a pillar of Hoop Town. Hoop Fest is a pillar of Hoop Town. But really what we're talking about are, is the broader basketball community. When you look at, you know, high school basketball, youth basketball. But really, when you start to look at the Gonzaga fan base, um, when you look at the volunteer effort at Hoop Fest, it's about how the sport connects us as a community and how we, how we derive an identity. Uh, tied to the sport of basketball and ultimately that's what the Hooptown USA initiative is so Hooptown is this community brand and so we engage with the community to do fun things with it and so some of the fun things we've done I mean we've done things with Indaba coffee you know no light beer um, great local brewery here Um, we have a radio station um, Hooptown 101.5 FM it's also on the iHeart app it's kicking butt not just in this market but nationally um, and it's sweet because it's my genre of music, classic hip hop and R and B, my my kind of generation. Um, and so the podcast is an extension of that. So that is called the Hoopcast, Spokane Hoopcast. We're all the hoops. We have got all the hoops around here. Um, and it's with Bo Brock. It's in partnership with iHeart. It's on the iHeart app, and then runs early morning on uh, on Hooptown one hundred one point five. And we're talking all things basketball. So it's a lot like mine and your conversation, Stephen. Today, I mean, we touch on Gonzaga, we touch on the broader basketball community, what's happening, the importance of sport, accessibility to the, to the game, um, talk, talk a little NBA. So it's just kind of just all things, uh, you know, all things local community basketball related stuff that's not just Gonzaga centric, even though, of course, that, like I talked about, that's a big pillar. Um, you know, we have guests on, but a lot of times it's just Bo and I kind of solving the world's problems, you know, one podcast at a time. Spokane Hoopcast every single Friday. Go check that out. Go register your team for Hoopfest in September and come visit Spokane, also known as Hooptown USA. Matt, I really Love do it. appreciate the time. Thank you for coming on the show. Keep up the great work you do for this community. You too, Stephen. Great job with your podcast. Keep growing the growing the brand and growing the name. You're, I think you do a wonderful job. You're a great Twitter follow as well. Um, and just appreciate you having me on the show. Matt Santangelo, unbelievably generous with his time and his honesty on the show today. Really awesome to hear from him. And at the end there, he had some extremely kind words that I very much appreciate. Hoopfest, September 11th and September 12th. If you want to come play, go register your team. And if you want to just come visit and have a good time here in Spokane, come visit Hooptown USA and support this fantastic community. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We are going to be back on Monday to discuss a bunch of stuff. Mark Few talked to Congress this week. Chet Holmgren, he's the Gatorade Player of the Year. And it looks like the UCLA game may happen after all. So we'll talk about all that. Plus, finally, we will reveal the fourth-ranked recruiting class of the Mark Few era Monday on the show. And then on Wednesday, we're going to talk about baseball finally. Uh, I mentioned that we're going to do a little review of the season and preview next season. So that's what we're going to do and kind of look at the roster heading into next year. Don't forget, you can tune into the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today, they are asking the question, does a college football playoff expansion hurt Notre Dame? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating. You can follow me on Twitter at scargo. 
Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your Gonzaga story or any questions or ideas you want me to talk about, please feel free to do so. The email is LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your weekend. We will see you back here on Monday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.